live in Nashville, Tennessee. You are listening to the Nashville Daily Podcast. Nashville's number one daily podcast. Brought to you by Think Nashville. Think Nashville. Think Brad. Think Brad. It's Nashville Daily Podcast. Hey, Nashville. Today we are talking about the Titan Stadium and how Mayor Cooper is bringing it to the Metro City Council. There's a lot of information that we're about to cover, but today's episode is brought to you by Brad Reynolds. If you're looking for real estate here in Middle Tennessee, you need to text him or call him 615-856-3270. 615-856-3270. We're also going to be talking about a few other things. That include a women's soccer team and two more people have announced their running ship or what is the word for that running ship uh, running uh, for mayor. whatever it is. I like running ship a lot running better ship. <laughs> I, I don't know. So I, I'm the candidacy is the correct word, uh, but I very much enjoy running ship. running ship. <laughs> I just made that up. So if you're if you're running ship for mayor, let us know they, if they lose, they're going to be running ship is what's going to be happening. Maybe out of the city. <laughs> uh, so, OK, let's get into this because I I think two and and three. I think there are three, and I and we don't know who the third one is. Um, we're gonna have to somebody go in the comments and let us know who the third person is, because I remember seeing like two or three over mm-hmm. the past week. Which also we we have to mention we've had a fantastic run of interviews over the past like week week and a half. Yeah, yeah. Here on the podcast, let us know what your favorite interview is. Put it in the comments. We've got a an amazing lineup of, of 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 guests here on the podcast well tomorrow we have uh jeff syracuse who is a council member for district 15 uh which is the donaldson neighborhood and he's running for metro council at large tomorrow we're going to get his thoughts on uh the new stadium because he'll he will be voting yeah next week tomorrow uh march 7th Let's see. So not he won't be voting tomorrow. No, nope, it's when, hard, when yeah. he's on the episode. He'll be voting the week after that week after. Yeah. Gotcha. So March 7th. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about uh, his thoughts on what the state of Tennessee is doing with trying to reduce the size of Metro Council. I think it's, yeah, it's going to be, such be. A interesting conversation. <laughs> Personally, my favorite interview last week was the barbecue tasting. That was remarkable. There were so many good ones. Barbecue was good. Opryland VR was fantastic. That was so much fun too. Uh, Nate's interview was fantastic. Yeah. Justin's interview, fantastic. Uh, so just we're we're, we're planning on uh, having the good times rolling and a lot more guests to come here on the podcast. But we do know that you guys have missed some development news. So we are going, <laughs> we're trying to. We have too. Yeah, we, yeah. we have. Uh, so we're going to get some developers here on the show and uh, really dive into to their projects. Aaron, before we talk about these uh, other two people that we know of, I know there's a third one and we can't find the information. (laughs) Uh, How many people do you think are going to be running for mayor uh, this year? When it's all said and done, I think we're going to have probably a solid like 12 in the running. That's what it seems like. Because right now I think there's already six or seven. Yeah, I I think we're going to see a bunch here. Um, You know, not all of them are going to have the strongest candidacies. Uh, There's already one that is just uh, not getting the best press already because of previous things that they've ran in. But uh, I I think we will have uh, a lot of candidates like this. So, for example, um, 
mayoral candidate Fran Bush announced recently. The National Post, this their their headline in here says, despite her losing badly in her reelection campaign for school board, Bush says she has been thinking about running mayor for some time. This, I mean, this is just the time for people to throw their name into the hat and get some name recognition within town. They probably don't have to raise a ton of money to do it if they're not super, super like um, primed to win. Um, But it's that chance to really throw their name in the hat. Uh, So that's that's one candidate that is in there. That's Fran Bush. The the National Post has kind of a QA and a on it. We're we're not going to really kind of dive deep into these candidates until it gets closer, which is August. So we've got a ton of time. Um, the other candidate that is named in here, uh, Republican strategist, Alice Rowley, um, it says for the national post, uh, Tennessee GOP, uh, pushing plan to do away with Metro runoffs, possibly opening a path for a conservative to win, <clears throat> excuse me, in uh, liberal Nashville. Uh, so Nashville, just to let everybody know is, uh, you, you don't have to select a party in order to run for a mayor in Nashville. So that was actually going to go through state. That was in the Tennessee State Assembly, and they were doing the advisory meetings over that. So they're about to change that. Supposedly last week it was voted no, which is interesting. really interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, and I'm... And, and most most mayoral candidates are, are, are nonpartisan. Um, that's what they say, yeah. Yeah, well, sure, sure. Yeah. In, it, like... They are more now, geared towards nonpartisanship, but yeah. what we're what we're seeing now, most of the candidates uh, are selecting a party. Even it says here that uh, well, so, so legally the candidates have to select a party party now in the state. Ah, uh, okay, yes. so they have to select so a party, the, even, the though the, even though the even though the run even though the election is nonpartisan, they still yeah. have to. Did did they do that just with the school board or for the mayoral yeah, as well? For, all, for every so position in the state, anything that's a public yes. office that somebody runs so for, they'll have to have, select they have it. To Select now. Even if even mm-hmm. if the election is nonpartisan, they still yep. have to list it on their paperwork. Yep. Okay. So the interesting thing is, is so that the reason that this is being talked about in the post uh, with getting rid of the runoff elections is because people that are voting in Tennessee the day of voting, they can choose which party they're voting for. Gotcha. So you get right. a different ballot for that. Uh, but the one of the things that was going through Senate was making. Uh, it registered what you're voting for already before you get there. Right, right. So um, what was I going to say? The, oh, so this uh, Alice Rowley, she is the first uh, Republican technically on the ticket right now. Yes. I believe yes. we may be missing one. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know who we're missing uh, because that, that was during our slew of interviews last week. Um, but we're, we're going to move on to talk about professional sports here in Nashville, because how can you not with all the things going, Preds games are going, the grand prix is uh, happening. The grand prix made some pretty cool announcements that we'll be able to mm-hmm. get to hopefully soon. Um, uh, soccer is, is going in full swing. Yeah, the national soccer club had their first game over the weekend, correct? They at first or, or second, I, they've, I, I can't remember if they, uh, have, played a couple games already uh but even before their season started there were rumors this came out about a week ago oh so the third person found it jeff yarbrough 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, and yes, he already so he has is. some name recognition here. Minority in town. leader of the Tennessee Senate. Yeah, um, and he is affiliated with the Democratic Party. Yeah, yeah. So he has some name recognition in town already, or just because of his position within the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. There's the third person. Figure that out. Um, so there were rumors, um, and this is interesting because you know in Nashville, rumors typically turn into something. Um, it depends, man. It depends. I know we've had we've had not the best um, streak here in the past like two years. Yeah, but and I wonder why. Yeah, but we typically rumors end up having some validity here in Nashville. Um, but uh, according to the Tennessee and U.S. Women's uh, National Soccer Team forwards uh, Megan Rapinoe, Alex Morgan, and Coach uh, Vladko, um, they said Sunday, this was about a week ago that Nashville is ready for a national women's soccer league franchise. Um, what stadium are they going to play in? Uh, <laughs> I think, I think they would play in Geotis. Okay. Um, and so that is, this was coming around the time because, um, this was right around the time where the U S women's national team played Japan here in Nashville. Um, they didn't even, even realize that happened. Yeah. Um, and they beat them one to zero. Um, this was in the 2023 She Believes Cup. It's an invitational tournament held in different U.S. cities. We had a total attendance of 25,471. Um, and I think that was in Geodas Park, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, and which still, that's a pretty good turnout for Geodas because it only holds 30,000. Right. Yeah. 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 So the, uh, you know, that, that will spark some, some rumors. Now that's just, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, a quote, but who knows where that could lead. Um, you know, if you have, uh, some reputable, reputable people in an organization saying it, then, you know, we could lead somewhere, but my, my thoughts are, um, you know, I'm all for creating more sports franchises in Nashville, but let's, let's get the national stars. And I want to get the national stars here first. Yeah. That's because that is going to, uh, produce so much more revenue. Oh yeah. Um, from a tax. Yeah. Now we do have a stadium for the soccer team. So it's like, Hey, cool. We already have that set up. Um, and so that's just using it on the days that it's not already used for the men's team. Yeah. So um, it's, but it's figuring out that schedule. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's logistically a nightmare. Oh yeah. Uh, but, but I want then, the national selfishly. Yeah. Yeah. I want the national stars to come in. The, uh, geo, stadium is going to be a busy summer too. They have like five or six concerts happening this summer. Yeah, Cheryl Crow is going to be the first biggest concert, it right? Is, yes. And then Nissan stadium has like what? 10 or 15 concerts throughout the summer that have already been announced like Taylor yeah. Swift and all these people and you're just like what is happening in 2023 uh-huh. revenue is going to be high in this city uh speaking of high revenues i ate that's i ate the chef and i and oh, it cost nice. me a lot of money <laughs> uh, you had family in town you brought them there right i did and uh so i went twice in one week oh my gosh <laughs> um so the first you're time, like a magnet just being drawn yeah well they it, it's it's interesting because they know my name. Uh-huh. So I walk in and people are like, hey, Stuart. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that tells you I eat there a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I had, so the first, first day I went on Tuesday, I have, they have this incredible cocktail. Uh-huh. It's called Whiskey, Whiskey or Whiskey Trails or something like that. Yeah. It's like this peanut butter whiskey mm-hmm. drink. It is fantastic. It's delicious. On Saturday, I got that as well. And they made it like a double oh. for the cost of one. Oh. And I'm like sitting here looking at my duck and waffles. And I'm like, 
That has a lot of alcohol. <laughs> um, but it's so, it's so good. So on Tuesday, I had the duck and potatoes. Okay. And it had like this, like, it's like a chipotle type spice and seasoning with it. It's a super interesting combination interesting. with the duck. Yeah. Uh, I also had the cauliflower because you cannot not Go, have yeah, the cauliflower. Yeah. And then for dessert, the wife got cheesecake. And it was probably one of the best cheesecakes I've ever had in my entire life. Ooh. That is, I got that's cream, a high standard right there. I got the cream brulee, yeah. which was good, but the cheesecake, like it was a night and day difference between the cheesecake and the cream brulee. Wow. And uh, it do was- you think, Do you think they make it in-house, the cheesecake? I don't know. Yeah. I've had a lot of cheesecakes in my life. I'm from yeah. New York. Like, yeah. New York cheesecake is a thing. <laughs> it was the, hands down the best cheesecake I've ever had. Wow. Yeah. Because- Cafe Intermezzo has held that before. It's, yes. It still holds it for me, so I'm interested to see. Yeah, we should just go to the chef and I uh, just, just do a, a taste, dessert tasting. Cheesecake testing. Yeah. Uh, and then on <laughs> Saturday, I got the cauliflower, and then I got the pimento cheese with the bacon, which is mm, so good. Is that is that uh, it, within itself? Is that a meal, pimento no, an, cheese and bacon? An, that's it's, an appetizer on fachada bread. Oh, okay. Nice. It's, it's amazing. Uh, and then I had the duck and waffles. So I mm-hmm. had duck twice in one week, which is a rare occurrence because I only usually have duck like once a month. <laughs> um, so, but the duck and waffles, just everything at the Chef and I is fantastic. And I ran into Erica, the owner. Nice. So nice. really good conversation. I'm uh, excited to share that with you afterwards. Awesome. All right. So I went to uh, my staple um, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, the chef and I has become my staple. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo is your Cinco staple. de Mayo is my staple. <laughs> like, I don't go to like sit down restaurants very often. Uh, but Cinco de Mayo is, is one that I'll make an exception for. Uh, I went to the Hermitage location. Um, I forgot how big that restaurant is there. Which one's the? Where is the Hermitage? Location? So that is basically right across or side to the Walgreens as soon as you get off the exit by the actual exit for the interstate. Uh, Terrible parking lot, but great restaurant. Mm -hmm. And so I went and one of the things I love about Cinco de Mayo is we walk in literally probably within a one minute, have our chips and salsa drinks ready to go. And they've taken our order. That's fantastic. Which is amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, they are one of the restaurants that I've noticed at their, all their locations. And I think they do this well that are like fully staffed, mm-hmm. like fully staffed. And so, um, everything just goes so smoothly cause they have, you know, a good amount of staff, which a lot of restaurants are, are just not fortunate enough to, to have that right now for their capacity. Um, but, uh, it was probably, you know, 10 minutes until the meal got out East Nashville. If you want to get quick, quick, quick East Nashville is where that's at. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 10 minutes, man, it's not, Oh, 10 minutes is fantastic. Yep. Um, East Nashville, they set the record though. The East Nashville St. Go to mile of like three, three, three or four minutes. <laughs> um, it was fantastic. Had a great time and, uh, Looking forward to, to, to going back. Pollo and quesado, so good. It's chicken, cheese, and rice, and I just take the chips and, and just, dip. just dip, and it's, oh, it's so good. 
If you're looking for a haircut here in the Nashville area, you need to check out our sponsor, Bowtie Barber Club. This is where I get my beard trim, and I have gotten like six compliments in the last week on my beard. So, Ruth Ann, if you're listening to this, <laughs> thank you so much for taking care of my beard. Uh, you could book your haircut now at bowtiebarberclub.com. Let's get into it. So, Mayor Cooper is now bringing the proposal to the Metro Council, and this is going to be a really interesting thing. As a reminder, Metro Council has to vote on things proposed to them three times before it becomes law here in the city of Nashville. And if it's the stadium, they have to vote on different thirty-five times. They have to vote on different stages of the of the stadium. Of the stadium. And so, first, it's gone through the Sports Council or the Metro Sports Authority Council. Same thing. Uh, it, it had to go through like three readings for that. I think it had to go through the Planning Department. It had to go through the Zoning Department. It's it's been a lot of votes to get to this process. It really has, and so like you said, uh, the the mayor has now officially kind of put his. And this was on Friday. Yeah, he he put his stamp on it. Uh, according to uh, news four here in Nashville, there is an official proposal on the table from the mayor of Nashville and the Tennessee Titans on how to pay for a new football stadium, according to the Mayor Cooper's office. Legislation filed on Friday for a potential final agreement with the Titans and the state to build a new enclosed stadium. Mayor Cooper believes the proposed stadium, if approved by Metro Council, will relieve the existing enormous unfunded financial burden on the city, return 60 acres of land back to city control and keep the Titans in Nashville for the long term. The proposal is the final product of feedback from Metro Council members and Nashville residents and business owners, according to the mayor's office. Uh, So, we're going to read here are the adjustments to the final proposal. So this is changes, I I guess from probably the first time that Metro council saw it to this next time after the sports authority have weighed in the mayor's office have weighed in um, and it's ready to hit the table here. Here's what's changed. But before we get into that, let's just read these numbers real quick. Just so you guys have an estimate. So this is going to cost $2.1 billion. Uh, and I don't know if they've accounted for recent inflation on that. Yeah. Uh, because that so was what? Six months ago. It was like six months ago. Yeah. So 840 million is coming from the Titans NFL and season ticket holders. $500 million is coming from the state. That's a bond. That's not just money going towards them. That's a bond, a revenue bond coming back to the state. And then the $760 million is also another revenue bond. So all of this money, $2.1 billion, and then the estimate of the old stadium for restoration or to fix it was <laughs> to get it in near perfect condition. Billion. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting controversy behind this, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. But let's get into this new term sheet. Uh, Aaron, go ahead and read this first one. All right. The adjustments to the final proposal include there are four bullet points here. Um, the first one in the original paperwork, the Titans agreed to cover the infrastructure required to open the new stadium as part of the overall project budget for which the Titans are ultimately responsible for cost overruns. The final agreement adds additional infrastructure included into the project scope of what the Titans will be covering, including funding towards part of the street and plaza infrastructure. So more given more responsibility given over to the Titans. Uh, the second bullet point, excess revenue generated by these sources used to pay, used to repay sports authority bonds may now be used to fund additional debt revenue services or to repay portions of the bonds early, reducing interest costs paid and potentially saving millions of dollars. 
That one should have been in there beforehand. Yeah. yeah that, that shouldn't have been a last minute term. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like they're like, hey, what if we make more than yeah, we're yeah. expecting? What do we do with that? Oh, no. here's what you're legally allowed to do yeah, with yeah. that. You should be able to repay things early. Yeah. Uh, in the, okay. So the third one in the terms sheet, Metro was responsible for capital expenses to keep Nissan Station, uh, Station, Nissan Stadium functional <laughs> until the new enclosed stadium opens without limits. In the final agreement, the team agrees to front these costs with Metro reimbursing the team up to $42 million through sources such as cash on hand at the sports authority and sales tax generated by uh, season ticket holders uh, sales. Metro's maximum exposure is capped at that amount. Wow. Interesting. That is very interesting. Okay. Bullet point number four, the creation of of the Nashville needs impact fund, which the Titans will make annual payments over the term of the lease totaling at least $47 million uh, to Is be this the used. One where they're going to be offering classes and stuff. I think, I think so. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah to be public education, uh, affordable housing. The provision is aimed to fulfill amendment F um, in RS. 2022-1827, the term sheet resolution passed in December. So those are the new things that are on the table there, although not everybody right now is totally on board with this. There is one person who is very vocal and taking lots of interviews and <laughs> making the press for being against this stadium deal. Um, and it is a, somebody who's in the stadium committee chair. Uh, this would be council member Bob Mendez. Um, and he is a Metro council member. He's apparently on the Metro council East bank stadium committee. Uh, he wrote a memo on Valentine's day. It's a good memo. So his anti love letter, anti love letter, uh, <laughs> uh, saying that the new stadium deal is not in the best interest of the city, citing key arguments for his position. Um, he says for a quote, the proposed $2.1 billion stadium deal should be rejected. Good point, Bob. Uh, it's not good for the city or its finances. It's too large of uh, too large a subsidiary or uh, a subsidy with not enough benefit for Nashville. Uh, when deciding his position on the deal, this is uh, after the quote, Mendes said he looked at it two ways, the big picture vision for Nashville and the numbers, which to him didn't add up the, the narrative, another quote for Bob, the narrative from the mayor's office and the team was able to stand for six months or longer before shown as incomplete or accurate. Uh, the narrative, I'm going to read that again. The narrative from the mayor's office and the team was able to stand for six months or longer before shown as incomplete or accurate. Okay. So he, he said they, they didn't have a complete picture of what they wanted to do. Unfortunately in the public dialogue about the stadium, once something has been true for six months, it's hard to change that perspective. Even if the true fact was actively false from the start, that is the quote from Bob Mendez. Um, now, uh, here's here's the thing, and I don't know if there's any more quotes from from Bob Mendez well, on here. Nick, go ahead and show my computer real quick. Uh, a, so this is the memo. 
that he wrote. So it's a 10 page. Oh my gosh. Typic- typically this stuff is like 30 pages, but yeah. 10 pages. <laughs> and he brings up a lot of good points with the, the numbers and everything. So like he has a full breakdown of like what some of the renovations have cost in the stadium. And then he has other renovations of other stadiums. So really good breakdown. Um, and then he also does this, and this is one thing I do want to show. So this is the flood of 2010 that happened May 1st of 2010. Yeah. And this is an aerial photo of Nashville. And yep. primarily where this entire area is, is the East Bank. Correct. One of his biggest concerns in this memo is he's, he's wondering if the density of the East Bank is going to cause more severe fl- flooding in the future. So that, that's one thing that's it's talked about in this. And we have to keep that in mind. But where the new stadium is going to be did not flood. <laughs> no, you can see it. It is one of the driest, driest spots on that map. But PS, so Nissan Stadium had about 10 feet of water inside of it. Yeah. And it just, it, it, it's a good question. Like, like that hey, should, what are we going to do with river management? Yeah, that should actually be a proposal to move the stadium then. Yes. Um, so good job, Bob, on <laughs> showing us we should move it. Um, but Yes. So I, I, I wish that somebody would, because, um, I, I think it's, it's, it's great to show the numbers on both sides. Um, but it, it would be very interesting to see, um, what Bob's numbers are against the numbers that, uh, are the potential in the revenue, a potential in the, the vision of the East bank as a whole is one thing that's really important to keep in mind here. So he he brings that up. So in the conclusion of the letter, he says, for these reasons, I think the financial terms are not good enough. And I think the financial planning will force the area more towards tourism than being a neighborhood. I cannot support the current new stadium proposal. I hope the mayor's office and the team go back to the drawing board and find a better path. It's going to be the hub of tourism in Nashville. And we've been, we've been saying that for a long time. I the way that the East Bank has been laid out has actually been a really from what we've seen so far mm-hmm. has been a really good use yeah. of, of, of of blended uh, of of blended mm-hmm. community and tourism with, with from TPAC relocating over there and yeah from what we've seen so far it's more community than it is tourism mm-hmm. a lot more it's going to be especially around the stadium area it's going to be a good mix you look at um areas like the gulch you look at areas like germantown and the bicentennial capital mall state park area which has tons of amazing businesses tons of parks uh the sound stadium guess who's there more than anybody locals are there Mm -hmm. a lot um it's when you have a lot of things like the broadway the live music shows um and shopping where you'll see more of your tourists um and so far what we've seen from the east bank it's not built like broadway it's built to be some kind of combination between um the gulch something we've never seen before germantown um and more space for the community so while i understand that bob probably has some concerns um I think Nashville would be making a huge mistake not to move forward with the East bank. Um, but you know, this is this good, oh. good for him. I like, I good for him for bringing up these points, uh, yeah. in, in the article, uh, or in the, in the letter, because, uh, the business journal didn't really talk about any of the numbers that he really mm-hmm. disagreed with too much. 
Um, but uh, I, I would actually, now that I see the letter, I would actually, I'm curious, I'm probably going to read that whole 10 page letter that Bob Bendis said just to, to see where the numbers line up. Because to me, it seems very infeasible how it's better to spend 1.8 billion on new repairs, probably 2 billion at this point, yeah. rather than build a new stadium, gain the extra revenue off of more concerts and community development inside of there. Plus have a better vision for the East bank with that new stadium site is, is that is so much better position wise for the East bank than the stadium at its current location. Well, so the East bank reminds me of the Hudson yards in New York. Yes. And so Nick, go ahead and show my computer real quick. We're not going to have the the size of skyscrapers that Hudson, Hudson Yards has. Unfortunately, you, you I, never I, know. You I never know. But, did, but yeah, all of those skyscrapers are over a thousand, a thousand <laughs> feet tall uh, or more. Uh, but this is a area that's used heavily for business. It's an area of heavy tourism. The train yep. station there is shopping. incredible. Shopping that huge mall. It's like a three or four story mall. Yep. I envision the East Bank being like this. Very much it's, so. It's it's business heavy. Hotel heavy and local heavy. Uh, I think the East Bank has the the potential of doing all of those things and being tourism too. heavy. Yeah, like I, it, I do it, too. It would make and sense. That is the best of both worlds. Yeah, and that is exactly what we're hoping for. And I think that's exactly what we're going to get. And, and the with the amount about, of planning that they've done. And the thing about the Titan Stadium is, I think this stadium could be used all year long, especially if it has like vendors outside of it yep. where people can sit and like enjoy exactly. the views of Nashville. Yep. There's so much potentials and so much positives. Uh, let us know in the comments below. What are your thoughts on the new Titan stadium? Do you think it's going to pass the three votes of Metro council? Nick hit that outro music. Yeah. I, I think it's going to hit the, I, I think it's going to pass yeah, yeah. very, yeah. very easily. Well, so you remember the, just for the framework, it passed 27 to like 13 just to pass the framework in council. Yeah. Something, something like that. So yeah, I think it's going to pass visit Nashville daily podcast.com to learn more about Nashville. Also subscribe to our YouTube channels, Nashville daily podcast, explore.nash and explore Tennessee. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Nashville Daily Podcast. If you want to learn more, head to NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media at Explore.Nash on Instagram, Nashville Daily Podcast on YouTube, and Explore.Nash on YouTube as well. The Nashville Daily Podcast is an Explore LLC production, copyright 2023.